Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of Pirates Talk presented by Jag One Physical Therapy. I'm Matt Lachlan. I hope you had a Merry Christmas. And if not Christmas, I hope that you enjoyed whatever it is that you do celebrate during this special time on the calendar. Seton Hall has been on a roller coaster over the past couple of weeks. An enormous win at Rutgers, an expected win versus Drexel, although the Dragons put on a good fight in the second half, followed by Big East losses to Providence at home, where they were beaten on the boards particularly in the second half, and at Xavier in a valiant effort where the game came down to the final minute. The Pirates are 7-6 overall, 0-2 in the Big East, and will play Marquette tonight in Milwaukee. Joining me on the show is Kim Adams, whose work has been seen and heard on ABC, the Big East Digital Network, Fox Sports, ESPN, FS1, and on Westwood One. She will work alongside Dave Popkin on tonight's game on the Pirates Sports Network and the SHU Pirates mobile app. We'll discuss her rise in the business, how she came to work with Pop, tonight's game, the Big East Conference, and more after this message from Jag One Physical Therapy. A proud sponsor of Seton Hall Athletics, Jag One Physical Therapy gets you back to the life you love. Voted the number one physical therapy company based on first-class patient care and outcomes, Jag One Physical Therapy is invested in your full recovery. Your preferred in-network rehabilitation provider, Jag One Physical Therapy, has convenient locations throughout New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. For more information and to find a location near you, visit www.jag Kim Adams, thank you so very much for joining me on the show. How are things with you? Everything is good, Matt. Uh, Arrived in Milwaukee last night. We had a smooth travel day, which is always good. Um, And looking forward to hopefully a Pirates win tonight. I think uh, we all know they certainly could use it. So thanks so much for having me on. Well, it's my pleasure. And indeed, you're right. The Pirates could use a W and and snap this losing streak. What's it like in Milwaukee? I know we've been crushed across the country by cold weather. I trust Milwaukee is has not avoided that. Yeah, definitely a, a little gray and still very cold. I think we're getting into the 20s today, but there's no snow uh, actively falling, which is really all I care about as long as we were able to uh, travel in without any issues. So a little cold, but it looks like it's going to get into the 50s here in like a day or two. I wish that had been today, but um, we'll we'll take a little cold weather at this time of year, I guess. And you're right. Uh, spoken as a true veteran of the sports travel world, as long as there's no snow, no ice, we can get in and get out. We're happy. We'll deal with the cold weather if necessary. So tonight, yes. yeah, so tonight you're working with Dave Popkin. Uh, you know, I mentioned it earlier. It's on the Pirates Sports Network and the SHU Pirates mobile app. You can also be heard on Sirius in calling the game. So how did that all come about? We know that Gary has undergone some shoulder surgery. and will be back soon. So how, how was the connection made where you're working alongside Pop? Yeah, it was actually really funny because I had done um, Seton Hall's, I want to say, second or third game for Fox Sports this season against St. Peter's. I had known Dave the past couple of years just from doing Big East stuff. We had worked a Fox Sports game last year, so we reconnected at that game. And I actually met Gary for the first time. Uh, He was still working at the time, and I thought it was so cool because my family and I are all huge Mets fans. Uh, We watched, like, every SNY Mets game. So I was texting the family, like, oh, I just met Gary. He was awesome, so nice. Um, so I was just happy to meet Gary. And then probably a couple days after that game is when I heard from Dave um, that Gary was unfortunately going to have to miss some time. 
uh, would it be something that interests me? Um, so scheduling wise, it really all worked out very well. I really, uh, just had to miss the one Xavier game the other night due to a TV conflict. Um, but pretty much was able to do all of the rest of the December games. Um, it fit well into my TV and travel schedule and was really happy to be able to be around more games and work with Dave, um, and, be at Seton Hall at this exciting time in the program. Um, so yeah, it was kind of just a, a chance encounter. Dave and I having worked together in the past, and I guess everyone else was on board with bringing me on. Perfect. Well, you've done a great job working <laughs> with Dave, who's who's fabulous at what he does. And by the way, you're in good company here. I'm a huge Mets fan as well. Covered them for the old uh, Sports Channel, SN, well, not SNY, Sports Channel, Fox Sports, New York, all the iterations, finally MSG for 10 years. But a little bit probably before you came to Mets consciousness, if you will, it was, <laughs> it was the mid-90s through the mid-2000s, 2000, uh, the first uh, decade of, uh, of the 2000s. So at any rate, Mike Piazza, Robin Ventura, John Franco, those oh, years. Oh, yeah. A lot of blasts. That, that was... Yeah, that was a that was a pretty peak time of my Mets fandom. I'm not that old <laughs> or that young. <laughs> well, fair enough. Anyway, you're you're in good company. So before we talk about the game, just a couple of other things to kind of introduce you a little bit more to the audience. You know, what was your big break? How did you get into this business? Yeah, so I had uh, gone to college at Penn, played basketball there. Um, I had more fallen into sports business for my first <clears throat> couple years out of college. Um, was doing some ad sales and stuff like that and had always kind of had broadcasting in the back of my mind. Um, so after working for two years, I decided to go back to school for broadcast journalism. I spent a year out here in the Midwest at Northwestern. Um, so that's kind of how I transitioned into broadcasting. And then my first, uh, really my first job that got everything going is working directly for the Big East Conference. I'm from New York, so um, I was back home kind of looking for jobs and then reached out to the Big East, saw they had just launched this digital network and more digital initiatives. So I was able to start working there part-time, just kind of hosting around the conference, basketball, all sports, um, sideline reporting at all the different championships. I was doing swimming. I was doing field hockey, lacrosse, baseball, really any sport. Um, and also started doing just some local ESPN three type broadcasts for conferences, uh, in the area, the America East, um, doing some analyst work, doing some sideline work. So really it's all just built up from that. I was able to make connections with Fox through my time at the big East and just, started getting a couple games here and there and every year it's kind of built into more and more um have been able to work for some different networks as well doing some stuff for cbs um some stuff for espn uh westwood one radio so i've been able to do uh, a good amount of stuff over the last couple of years definitely mostly college hoops that's my favorite um, so yeah, really happy with all the stuff I'm doing with Fox right now. And then this was an added bonus to be able to do, um, these additional Seton Hall games. Well, I'm sure you pass along to anyone who asks you that question, say a student or someone who's a year or so out of college wondering how the heck do I get where you are? And that's the path. You take everything you can get, you work every sport, you'll, you, you 
learn your chops on the air and you just continue to make connections and just climb the ladder. So congratulations to you. I mean, you, you do a great job in, in any Thank of the you. endeavors that, that you are presented with. All right. So to tonight's game, what Seton Hall team is going to show up? <laughs> what are we going to see tonight? Uh, hopefully one that can make its free throws. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's I've been around the team for the last, I guess, six or seven games, just not including that Xavier one. I was able to catch uh, the end of the game on TV. Um, but I think, you know, it's been frustrating, frustrating at times, you know, when you think of the Providence game, um, letting a lead at home slip away. Um, but then showing some some fight there at the end. And then the Xavier game, you know, the way I look at look at it is Xavier may end up being the second or third best team in the conference. And you had opportunities there to win the game on the road um, without really playing your best. So while the losses have been frustrating, there are definitely some positives and silver linings there. And I know it's hard for fans and players and coaches to accept that because nobody wants to lose. Um, but I think they're just some small things away from finally putting everything together for a win. The defense has, has really been tremendous for the most part. Um, and I, I believe Seton Hall has been able to put themselves in positions to win big games because of their defense. And now the offense just needs to come along a little bit more. And, and really, I think it's just a possession here, a possession there. Um, it's a smarter shot selection. It's one or two less turnovers. Um, it's shooting 70% from the free throw line instead of 60%. Um, so it, it seems like things are kind of piling up in that list, but honestly, it's the way that they're playing defense games are one or two possessions down the stretch. And it it does just come down to one bad shot or one bad turnover at times. Um, So I I really hope that at this point, the team is starting to see the magnitude of those small mistakes and how much they're elevated in a tight game and how they can really swing a game. So I'm, I'm hoping to see growth uh, in those areas tonight. And as you know, uh, it's a, it's a, veteran team so they should be able to handle some of the the peaks and valleys that appear in every game but sometimes as you also know having been an all ivy basketball player at penn so a standout on the court confidence is such an important aspect of any athlete or team's success and it can be so fragile and it comes and goes so where do you see seton hall at this point overall as a team on that confidence scale with having played terrific game against Xavier, but in the end, you're judged by wins and losses and they lose a tight one. Where are they right now? What do you see? Yeah. Yeah. No confidence is huge. I mean, as a player myself, I've been on the high end of it where you're feeling good and you're, you're feeling at the top of your game. And I've felt on the bottom of it where you're questioning um, yourself as a player. um, You're questioning yourself as a team. Um, So I do think we've seen different stages of that from Seton Hall, I thought the win at Rutgers, which I was on hand for, I thought that was the type of win that can kind of completely shift that mindset and and get your confidence going and realize that you can make something special out of this season. Um, So unfortunately, they followed that up uh, with a couple of losses in the next couple of games. Um, But it's no doubt that 
confidence is a huge thing in this game. Um, but I do think you do have to take some positives from the Xavier game and think, man, if, if we had just done two or three things differently down the stretch, we may be flying home with a win. Um, so I do think there's, you know, there's a short term memory in terms of, all right, we've lost really two tough ones. We don't want to feel that way again. What are, what can we do to not feel that tonight as we fly home from Milwaukee um, to come out with the win. But I, I think it really has to come from the approach, how you approach the game um, just to know like we're going to dictate this game. We're going to be the better defensive team from the start. We're going to make Marquette feel uncomfortable, um, but you have to maintain it for 40 minutes. And that that's really been the other uh, one of the Achilles heels of this team is having a, you know, a four minute stretch, an eight minute stretch uh, where they stop defending or they turn over at a high rate. So I, I think a lot of this confidence will also come from finally putting together a complete 40 minutes. And hopefully that's something we see tonight. Yeah. Turnovers and lack of success at the free throw line have, have really been problematic for Seton Hall this year. And uh, you can work on the shots and you can protect the ball a little better. So hopefully as the year rolls on beginning tonight, things will show better in that area of uh, illness and injury have combined to prevent Shah from playing a full lineup at times. Um, Kadari Richmond falls into that category, but now he looks like the Kadari Richmond that was voted second team all big East that everyone expected could lead this team. What have you seen in the last two games, particularly in that uh, Providence game where he was just unreal? What have you seen from that young man that bodes well moving forward? Yeah, we've seen him. You mentioned confidence. We've seen him be fully confident. I think we've seen him really recognize and value that in order for this team to be successful, he has to be aggressive. Um, I think tonight presents a really interesting opportunity for him to score, to be aggressive, um, because looking at Marquette's last game, the double overtime loss to Providence, uh, they allowed Bryce Hopkins to shoot 18 free throws. And Kadari is a similar type of player in that he can get into the lane whenever he wants. So I think this is going to be an important game for Kadari to dictate from the beginning. Um, but we've, we've seen a player who really can't be stopped off the dribble. Um, once he does get into the paint, he has tremendous size and length, usually an advantage over who's ever guarding him. Um, and we've seen him really be able to impact the defense events as well, getting a couple steals in each of these games, and not just stealing it, but when he steals it, he's able to lead the break. Um, and I think those are energy type plays and it's contagious. Um, so we've just seen him be able to assert himself with the ball in his hand. I think he is a, a really good distributor as well. And for, unfortunately, the shots haven't fallen for his teammates at a high rate. Or I think his assist numbers would be much higher as well. Um, but hopefully that's something that will improve. But I think we're seeing he's definitely the most valuable offensive piece to this team, somebody that can always get something going. We've seen at times in these close games where uh, Shaheen draws up a play for him and he goes and executes and he gets to the line or he makes his layup. Um, so he's a player that can really just go and get a bucket. Um, but it, it is important to have the trust and confidence that when 
you do drive and you're faced with three defenders because that's how teams are going to play him, that you can trust your teammates to knock down a shot on the kickout. But he's been tremendous over these last couple of games. There has been improvement on on the team side. Like guys are now finding their roles. And I think, you know, Shaheen said it earlier in the year, I got to figure my guys out. And again, injuries and illness prevented him from getting a real feel for a while there. To me, the puzzling player right now, and maybe it's just the foul trouble that he gets into is Tyree Samuel. I think he has all the talent in the world. Uh, They don't have a back to the basket guy. They're not very big. He wants to play facing the basket, but boy, he just gets into foul trouble. Is it just that simple? Stay away away from, from having your number called for a foul and everything else will fall into place. Or is there something else that's missing needed right now for Tyrese? No, I think um, I didn't get to see the full Xavier game, but it looks like he stayed out of foul trouble a little bit more mm-hmm. in that one. But but some of the previous games, absolutely. I mean, he he just couldn't stay on the floor. He was coming in and, you know, one minute spurts and then picking up another foul and heading back to the bench. And when you're playing in spurts like that, really choppy, you never really have an opportunity to get into a rhythm offensively. So I think it's absolutely essential for him to first stay out of foul trouble. And then, like you said, I'm, I'm still waiting for him to get a little bit more aggressive offensively, especially in, in games where he may not have a, a huge matchup in the post. I think tonight that's an area he can exploit. Uh, Marquette is not a very big team at all. They have Igadaro inside at six, nine, but he's more of a finesse player um, a pick and roll player. He's not like you said, a back to the basket bruiser. Um, so talking, talking about some areas where I think Seton Hall can find success tonight. I think going inside the post to Tyrese is an area, um, he could, you know, this is a game where I think he should get 18 to 20 points, but a, he has to stay on the floor and B he has to be aggressive in getting his position Um, demanding the ball and just recognizing how important he is to the team's success when he is being aggressive like that, like we mentioned with Kadari as well. A couple of players for Marquette, Cam Jones and David Joplin, of course, and and you mentioned some of the others, but how about Tyler Kolick? Who gets that assignment? Uh, It'll be interesting. I mean, I think maybe you start with Kadari on him because Mm. it, it gives it gives him some size in the matchup. Kolek like at six six. Um, I think when you have a, as good of a passer as Tyler Kolek, you really want to put some size on him and limit his vision. Um, have active hands. So I could see Kadari uh, playing on him with a little size. Um, Femi uh, Odikali as well has been somebody who's really able to just be aggressive defensively, apply pressure, uh, cut off driving lanes. That's something that that uh, Seton Hall has been really good at in that Providence game in spurts is, is cutting off penetration. And that's going to be big tonight. Uh, defending the pick and roll is going to be big with Kolek and Igadaro. Um, so yeah, I would, I would say maybe a combo of Femi and then Kadari just to give a different look, give a little bit more size, try to impede his, vision a little bit but yeah that that is a really talented point guard that they will face tonight no doubt about that Seton Hall's lost the last two to Marquette both last year they had won six in a row prior to that and I remember the game at Marquette I was there working with Dave on the game as it turns out and uh, you know that's the Bryce Aiken game and it just came down to the end and it could have been should have been but it wasn't and that's what sports is all about so a little revenge 
on the mind of some of these pirates for sure. Uh, so what does this game come down to? And then I want to ask you a couple of questions about the Big East in general. Yeah. Um, so I've already kind of keyed in on a, a couple of those points. I do think Seton Hall needs to be aggressive going inside to Tyrese. Mm -hmm. Hopefully uh, he could stay on the floor. Um, because Marquette is not that big, I think Casey Nadefo could also uh, get it going in the post in this game. Um, I think they really, Seton Hall really needs to command the boards in this game. Um, Marquette is not an overly impactful team on the boards. They, they have a negative rebounding margin on the season. Um, looking back to their Providence loss, Providence out-rebounded them by 15. They had 23 second chance points. So I think Seton Hall needs to have similar numbers in that department, um, really get active on the offensive glass. Um, I think that's going to be a huge area uh, for Seton Hall. Um, protecting the ball, as we mentioned, the turnovers. Um, Marquette, Marquette is a team that obviously Shaka's traditional teams, you know, they're up in your face, they're pressuring. Um, I think they need to be comfortable against that pressure early on and that Seton Hall needs to be the more aggressive defensive team and make Marquette feel rushed and sped up. So I think they kind of need to win that battle of, of the intense aggressive defenses. Um, and then the free throws, uh, I would say a goal number for this team right now should be 70% from the line, uh, rather than, you know, 60, 65, um, I, I think 70% is a number they should hit. And and that comes from being smart about who's taking the free throws, right? At, at this point, if if a guard is shooting 50% from the line, maybe them driving, uh, looking for a foul isn't the best offense right now. So I think they have to be a little bit smarter in who is attempting their free throws to get those numbers up um, because getting to the line is not the problem. They're, they're one of the best <laughs> in the country at that. So you want to, you want that to be one of your strengths. Um, you want to be hitting 70, maybe 75%. Um, you want to get 20, 25 points from the line on a given night. Um, so yeah, those are, those are a couple Win the boards, protect the ball, really be aggressive inside, make the free throws, hopefully a couple more threes, drop tonight, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, uh, because that's been an issue as well. And as you mentioned earlier uh, on the podcast, just a couple extra free throws. That's it. You're not asking, as you said, you're not asking to go from mid-60s to 90. That's not in this yeah. team's DNA. Just make a few more. <laughs> and it just Listen, and, and it's when they come too, right? So you extend the lead or you cut into a lead or you're, you're, you're making a run, you get fouled, at, but then you miss two and it just it just takes the momentum away. So, yeah, it's when they come and make a few extras and maybe that will happen. Conference play has just got underway. Two teams in the top 25, two in the uh, that in-between world of others receiving votes. And that would be Marquette and Providence, Xavier, and, and of course, UConn. Uh, very much near the top of things and may eventually be the number one team in the country, certainly the number one team in the conference. So what kind of a year do you think it's going to be when it's all said and done? I know it's so very early and the games are ahead of us, but in general, how do you see things shaking out? Yeah, I think um, I think everyone's a little surprised right now. You could you know say it's been a little bit of a down first couple months, but I also, I do think that's what we're seeing in this college basketball landscape with the transfer portal, some teams having entire new starting lineup, some teams having nine new players on the roster. I think we're really not going to see 
teams hit their stride until much later than we're accustomed to. You know, usually you might see a team really starting to pick things up at this time of the year. You're seeing their what their identity is coming to be. You have a pretty good idea of how good they're going to be. I think now with all this transfer portal and changeover, we're not starting to see that from teams until uh, maybe a month later, maybe early February. Um, so I, I don't think there's any reason to sound the alarm. Um, I did have the opportunity to do a UConn game a couple of weeks ago. They are just really tremendous. Um, not many weaknesses there. They have talent and depth at every position. Um, they have size, they have distributors, they have players who they can put on either side of the perimeter and knock down threes. Um, so that's a really good team. Um, after that, I mean, I, I think there's going to be a, a lot of unknowns and a battle to who are, you know, the second, third, um, fourth best team. Um, we saw Seton Hall almost take it to Xavier the other night on the road. I think that's a team that could finish as high as second. Um, interesting now to see how Creighton is going to come together now that Ryan Kalkbrenner is back in the lineup. Um, they've gotten a couple wins. I know that's somewhere we're heading shortly with uh, Seton Hall, I believe, next week. Um, who else? Who else? Villanova, you have to think now with Cam Whitmore back in the lineup, mm -hmm. uh, they're going to be much better than they showed in some of those non-conference losses. Um so yeah, I <laughs> I don't have too many answers right now because I think we don't know, right? You yeah, got to play the games. I, yeah, and I think that's what's exciting for a team like Seton Hall to think, all right, we're off to an zero and two start, um, but there are twenty games in this conference, um, and we think that we could be, you know, in the top third of the league or however you want to call it. But I think it's exciting to say that really aside from UConn I think anybody can can bat and hopefully you know a, a team or two does knock off UConn but I think they've proven they're far and away a, a, ahead of everybody right now um, but after that I mean it, I would be looking at this as an opportunity if I'm Seton Hall or really any team in the conference yeah there's just the one dominant team and after that it's a dogfight so come on bring your a game bring your best <laughs> dig down deep and and let's see where the chips uh fall at the end of the game well it's a game day for you Kim and I know how busy that can be so thank you so much for carving out some time have some fun on the broadcast tonight and uh, say hi to Pop for me. And and uh, maybe you'll be on the call of a W and that'll make everyone happy and make the flight for everyone a lot smoother. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on, Matt. Thanks for uh, all you're doing for the Pirates fans. But yeah, really hoping they can get a win tonight. And that will do it for this edition of Pirates Talk presented by Jag One Physical Therapy. Thanks to Kim Adams for joining me on the show. You can hear Kim on tonight's game against Marquette as she pairs with Dave Popkin on the Pirates Sports Network and on the SHU Pirates mobile app. Dave and Kim can also be heard on Sirius XM Channel 385 and on Channel 975 on the Sirius XM app. It's an 8 p.m. start time. On Saturday, the Hall hosts St. John's at the Rock. Regardless of what happens tonight, it's a huge game. Later that day, the women play Butler at Walsh Gymnasium in a 4 o'clock start. And it would be great to have big crowds at both games as 2022 comes to a close. Pirates Talk is available wherever you subscribe to podcasts. I invite you to rate the show, leave a comment. I'd love to hear from you. 
Thanks, as always, to Pat Christensen, the sound engineer of today's show and the writer and performer of the Pirates Talk theme, whose help is invaluable in the production of this show. And thanks to you for your company. It's very much appreciated. I'm Matt Lachlan. I hope you have a wonderful New Year's celebration. May 2023 be filled with great joy. Until next time, be safe, be well, and go Pirates! Pirates!